Barkley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That boy's good. It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. The vast majority of the Valley got its first look at Kevin Durant since he became a member of the Phoenix Suns last night. No, he wasn't playing. But even looking casual and comfortable in a gray hoodie, black sweatpants, black shoes and a beanie, Durant's presence seemed to ratchet up the energy and decibel level. At Footprint Center in the Suns' 120 to 109 win over the Sacramento Kings. If you don't believe me, check out Kellen Olsen's Twitter video and notice the crowd noise during a third quarter timeout when I got to introduce KD to the masses for the first time. It's been 55 years without a championship for this franchise, so we know this is a hungry fan base. And no, not just for a free chicken sandwich earned when Kevin Herter missed consecutive free throws in the fourth quarter. This team, this town wants a championship from this team and Tuesday was a bit therapeutic for those who are still in mourning that the Suns traded favorites Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson to get Durant. The buzz in the building was emanating from a group of fans who realized maybe for the first time, damn, this is real. Imagine what it'll be like when Durant is actually playing. The energy flowed through the Suns that were on the court too. Devin Booker, 32 points in 29 minutes. Did it without attempting a three. Chris Paul dished out 19 assists, matching his high total as a member of the Suns. Josh Okogie continues his resurgent play with 19 points and 6 assists after being thrust into the starting lineup. But let's focus on the man in the middle for a moment. DeAndre Ayton combined force and touch and was a stat-stuffing monster last night against a good center in Demontis Sabonis. Ayton hit 13 of his 17 shots, scored 29 points, grabbed 11 rebounds, handed out 2 assists, had 4 steals, and blocked 2 shots. Aiton has scored 20 or more points in five straight games, the first time he's had a streak that long in his pro career. He's averaging 25 points on 72% shooting while grabbing nearly 11 rebounds in seven games this month. He's quite simply playing on a different level and stands to become more consistent, playing alongside one of the most cutthroat players ever in Kevin Durant. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not predicting anything. I'm not even hearing anything. But you just get the feeling that there's a whole lot of teams around basketball that are very nervous about the Phoenix Suns for the next 23 games and beyond. Vinny's View is brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. I think so. I mean, you know, the guys that left, everybody knows how we feel about them, but we also feel an affinity for the guys that came here, you know, they understand what we're trying to do. It's it's pretty cool to have a guy on your team that pretty much everybody on the team looks up to. You know what I mean? I mean, you can basically have two of them with Chris and KD. And so I think it creates something and I can't even explain it. It's, it's just pretty cool to watch when you have high character, high level basketball players in your gym um, that love the game and they want to get better every day and they want to see guys around them get better. Again, I, I don't have a word for it, but I know when I'm in the gym, I can feel it. You know, I'm like, these guys look up to Chris and KD, but they also understand that, you know, we're all on the same team trying to, you know, do something pretty cool here. 
Monty Williams talking about that energy being different with Kevin Durant on the team. Mm-hmm. It was it was strange. It, I mean, he didn't play. He wasn't even wearing a uniform. No. But it was, but he was a story. last night. Yeah, no, yes. I agree with you. I, and I, I could feel it. You felt it. I think everybody felt it. He was the star of the game, even though he didn't play the game, and even though the Suns had a handful of really good performances last night. Uh, like I said earlier, I do. I believe that um, that everybody, starting with Chris Paul, now wants to kind of bring back a standard of performance to every game because Kevin Durant's about to join this group. So Kevin's over there and and they're playing for him as much they they want to impress him yes. as much as he's want he is going to want to impress them in the city of Phoenix. And maybe more so the the former than the latter. So I think the this locked in um, nature of the last few games I think is has been directly tied to Kevin Durant. I really do. Um, and then I think also this is, it's just something where, as you stated in Vinny's view, it's just something that's becoming increasingly real to Suns fans, e- even though it seems so fantastical. Mm-hmm. Which is, and, and again, what's crazy about this is it, this, it feels like it came out of nowhere, and yet it's something we talked about last summer and we predicted might happen. So this is not at all a surprise. This is something that was part of our daily conversations. And yet the impact of it actually happening kind of tells you the bridge between how often we talk about scenarios like Kevin Durant and how rarely they happen. If you were in Los Angeles and you were a Lakers fan and you had a, a conversation in the summer about acquiring a superstar, they'd go, oh yeah, we do that all the time around here. Yes. Yeah. And, and we don't do that all the time around. Chris Paul was, was odd enough, right, of a get. And and Chris Paul was a guy that that was not even near Kevin Durant's level. There was a good amount of Suns fans who were actually surprised at how good Chris Paul actually was yeah. when they saw him in person. People were like, what, what have you been watching the last few? Where have you been? Yeah. Well, don't call we, him the point god for nothing. Right. And but but there was a level of surprise to, wow, this guy's right. really that good. I, I think everybody knows how good Kevin Durant is, so I don't think there's going to be any discovery. Mike Brown said last night, Yeah, Suns fans, you're gonna be saying, Wow. I don't think so. I, I think we're we've already said wow. I think we know how great Kevin Durant is. Now it's just getting the championship. It, it, and this it, this kind of speaks to the mercenary vibe of a of a super team in theory. Not that it really applies here. Everyone is different, and it, it's going to be real interesting once Kevin Durant starts to play and and contribute and and is respond and is held responsible for the outcomes of these games going forward. When he's really a part of this, how this feels to him because we know this is it's been a bouncy ride with him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm just looking forward. They have one game tomorrow night against the Clippers. Mm -hmm. All-Star weekend. Durant was named an All-Star. He won't play in that game. Mm -hmm. Things are trending right now big for him to make his son's debut at home at Footprint Center on the 24th, a Friday night game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And if you would have told me when the season started, or even two, three weeks ago, that that would be the most coveted game, that would be the hottest ticket in town, I would have told you you're nuts, but if the announcement comes out following the All-Star break, Durant's going to play Friday night, 
there is going to be a mad scramble and lots of money spent on secondary market yeah. tickets for that game. Yeah. Because uh, if last uh-huh. night was any indication, I think there was probably people last night that were glad that they were in the building just to see them on the sideline. Mm-hmm. That's how excited they are. Yeah. Again, big event, celebrity-obsessed town. Yes. Here, here comes one of the premier players in basketball who has been a who has been a fixture on all the hot take shows for years, who's yep. been a polarizing figure for years, who is now going to make the sun sort of like every game they play is going to be an event with Kevin Durant. And with all due respect to what they're doing uh, prior, the, these games in and of themselves don't matter that much because what matters is what the team is going to become with Kevin Durant. What these games matter about, we'll get into this later if you want. What is this rotation going to look like? Who's going to be on the Who's going to be on the outside? They're going to looking in because there's going to be some people on the outside looking in. And there's another piece probably coming in the next day or two, and that's yeah. Terrence Ross. And, so, and, he, and, and he's that's playing. a guy that can that yeah. can play. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be a, a nice problem to have for Monty Williams, assuming everybody stays healthy. Mm-hmm. We'll knock on some wood there. Uh, Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, Offspring, and so many more returns to Tempe Beach Park February 25th and 26th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, we will learn more about the Arizona Cardinals' new head coach, Jonathan Gannon, coming from Philadelphia, who better to check in from Philly than Bick's guy, Anthony Gargano. Anthony! Anthony! 97.5, the fanatic in Philadelphia. He'll join us next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. A lot of crossover between uh, Phoenix and Philadelphia the past week in the sports world. More crossover yesterday as the Cardinals hire Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their next head coach here to give us a a closer look at all of it uh, from Philadelphia. 97.5 The Fanatic. Anthony Gargano joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Anthony, good morning. What's happening, my boys? How are you, brother? Because what's happening? It was good to see you for the five minutes the yeah, other day. Yeah, our paths didn't cross, cuz. That was a shame. Well, thank you, man. You saw me with my long hair, dude. How was <laughs> Phoenix to you, cuz? Treat you good? Oh, uh, uh, it was great. Uh, you know, I love it out there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I'm still, I, I still can't believe the KD stuff. The KD stuff is awesome, man. Like, I right. still can't believe that. I know. Yeah, try being us. I mean, we need that championship because you just yeah. got one recently. We need and, one, man. And we got him out of the East for you. Yeah, we did. I <laughs> know. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, no worries, I man. I hope you're seeing the fun. How about Chris Paul last night, too? I mean, nobody did drop dimes like CP, man. I still love him. Yeah. You and us both. All right, so we got to lean on you about Jonathan Gannon because we, we we dealt with Cliff Kingsbury for five years, and there was a lot of a lot of mediocrity, a lot of yucky stuff. What what are we getting in Jonathan Gannon, Cuz? Well, all right. So a couple things. One, they threw a parade that the Cardinals hired Jonathan Gannon here. So it wasn't right. the Super Bowl parade, no. But it was the Jonathan Gannon's out of town parade. I know so, that. He was not the most popular figure in Philadelphia. And it was more of a clash of scheme and a clash of kind of what this town is born and bred. So I'll give you a little history. Philadelphia loves defensive football, right? It was made its bones on, you know, from Dick Vermeil to Buddy Ryan 
to then uh, Jim Johnson, who was Andy Reid's uh, top lieutenant defensive coordinator, who really you know went after they blitzed. They would go man zero. I mean, like they were they were attacking defense. Ray so Rhodes talent. talking all that smack back in the yeah. day. Yeah, it's got the soul of a defensive down. So Gannon comes in and he plays, you know, more of that Tampa shell, and you know, it's it's more of an analytic friendly defense where you don't give up big plays. You rely on your front, right? And you know, you don't give up plays over the top. And it's more of a bend but don't break type of thing, which is more of an analytic friendly defense. And the town just never like warmed up to it. Like never warmed up to him. And look, they had a great year. Like if you look at his defense this year, you know, all the sacks that they had, I mean they set a record of sacks and you know, now the critics say you did have a really good front. Uh, but you feasted on a lot of bad quarterbacks, right? So you might have had eight sacks against Carson Wentz who couldn't move, right? Like, so you, you bolstered the number up. But that's not entirely fair. There there were some really good things that I saw from Gannon this year and some things that I, quite frankly, uh, get worried about if I were you guys. Like, the second half against the Chiefs, I think you've got to play press, man. You've got to bring your corners up. You can't allow the free release. They got bit on motion twice for touchdowns in that game. He did not blitz uh, at all. Like, I, Listen, you're not going to get rich blitzing Mahomes, guys, but you might have mixed in an eight-gap blitz there, and he's very tentative when that comes to that stuff. I saw him start a game against New Orleans where New Orleans – held the ball for nine minutes of the first quarter. You know, like, you got to come out of that stuff. And that's the only thing that I really did not like about Gannon. Because you could have a difference of opinion when it comes to scheme or, you know. But you you got to be quicker getting out of, you know, something that's not working. Anthony Gargano, 97.5, the fanatic in Philadelphia. He joins us here on Arizona Sports. Anthony, what do you make of, you know, the video is out there. Uh, It was after the NFC Championship game when the Eagles annihilated the 49ers. On the field, Gannon's doing an interview with a local television station and says, I'm not going anywhere. They're keeping me. For for better or worse, I'm staying. And then two weeks later, he's gone. And I know you mentioned, hey, they're having a parade. He's out of town. But there's also the flip side of that, that feeling is, oh, Okay, who's going to be the next defensive coordinator? Because they might not be equipped in Philly to to promote from within for that position. Well, they're not, and they do need one, and they are going to go out. I think they had their OC. They lost both coordinators. You guys know Shane Steichen went to Indianapolis. Brian Johnson will be the OC. They'll go out of town. They'll go out of uh, the organization for. Uh, Gannon's replacement. I mean, listen, I can't blame the guy. Anytime you get a job, a chance to be a head coach in this league, I, I, I have no ill will towards Gannon. I think, you know, you got to cut him latitude that he gets offered a job and, and to be a head coach. You, you got to take it. I mean, I, I have no, no ill will for that. Yeah. My question, though, is to you guys. So let, let's look at something. The. Chiefs win with Steve Spagnuolo as the D.C., who made a couple of key stops, right? Yeah. Uh, who has three Super Bowl rings, who has no money on his side of the ball, right? Right. Like, all their money is tied up in offense, and all that dude is with. Like, he won. The Chiefs defense beat Cincinnati in the AFC title game. 
how come they go to Gannon and not Spags? Like, I, if you want to go defensive side of the ball, and oh, by the way, Gannon was a scout for Spags when Spags was in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. And he's at Spagnuolo's got head coaching experience. I, I don't think he got a sniff from anybody in this coaching cycle. He, he didn't, which is amazing. I, I mean, look, when he was coach of the Rams, that was a franchise that had one foot out of St. Louis and into L.A. He had basically, you know, Sam Bradford his second year. He gets hurt, and then he's out the door. I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I think the guy's a really bright, bright coach. And I, I just was trying to find the mindset as to why you would go Jonathan Gannon over Spagnuolo, yeah. who, uh, you know, I mean, knows what he's doing. I mean, you know, listen, Gannon may turn out to be a really good coach, and I think he comes from a good pedigree. Uh, but, I mean, to me, it's not even close. Uh, listen, I'm with so you, I'm man. Go that route. Yeah, listen, there's red flags all over this hire. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not the, I'm not one drinking the Kool-Aid out here. Uh, to me, I, I'm wondering about this. You had mentioned the couple of red zone touchdowns the Chiefs scored. You know how congested it gets in the red zone. To pop guys that wide open is pretty heinous if you're a defensive coordinator and you got to wear that. And then to find out that, that the Jaguars had exposed the Eagles. on the, So that play yep. was on film and, and yeah. how do you how do you reconcile that uh, so here's another thing the chiefs offense right you know they, they had a 12 minute deficit when it was control of the ball right like so you know the eagles had the ball for 12 more minutes and yet interestingly andy reed who had was had a knock for not running the football mm-hmm. sticks with the run now going into that game the Chiefs were number one in 13 personnel running the football. So with three tight ends, they were number one. The Eagles were 19th defending the run against three tight end sets, against 13 personnel. So how come they didn't go to five-man fronts to stop that? Knowing that Andy knows that and knowing that if you're Mr. Analytic, you got to go with your five-man front and yeah. try to take that away. Great question and a uh, great segment. Thanks for coming on with us, Anthony. You we appreciate man, it. Cause you got a boy. Thanks, buddy. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. See the NBA finals. Yeah, well, there you Sounds go. Good. We'll Sixers, Suns. I yeah. love it. I like it. Yeah, Anthony Gargano, cool. ninety-seven five, the fanatic in Philadelphia. Our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, coming up next, Sarah takes us through the big stories of the day, and there's a lot of them. The Rush Hour reboot is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Octane Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports. Leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome to the Rush Hour Reboot on Bickley and Murata Mornings. On Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So sorry it is not Jarrett Carlin, the love machine, taking you through the Rush Hour reboot today. Love, love Master, I believe. The Love Master. Yeah, which uh, Our, Craig Shoemaker called and said he wants his trademark back. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, yes. You could use the residuals, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you get to retire that nickname for another 364 days. Uh, or maybe forever. I that sure actually do. Be preferable, yeah. Uh, we are taking you through the top stories of the day, as we do every single day at this time. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hello! Ooh, it's Vince Morota. Buckle up. 
It almost sounds like a threat. Buckle up. <laughs> We're going to have some fun, whether like you like you, it or not. When you get into an yeah. Uber with a, a yeah, driver with, up. with ill intentions, <laughs> buckle up. And Jarrett Corlin. I love you, Danny. Cute. All right, more than five weeks after the firing of Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals have their next guy, Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' D.C. over the past two seasons. He is getting his first shot as a head coach here in the Valley. Here he is saying hi to the Red Sea. You've heard it already. What's up, Bird Gang? Jonathan Gannon, your new head coach, Arizona Cardinals. Ready to get to work. Buckle up. We're going to have some fun. See you soon. Yeah, we'll see you soon. We also saw some video on the Cardinals social channels of Gannon uh, briefly greeting Kyler Murray and dapping each other up. And they seemed very excited to to uh, make the connection. So there's that. Uh, ESPN NFL analyst Mike Tannenbaum says he likes this hire. It's a smart hire. It's smart. I mean, this is a young ascending defensive coordinator. This was a team that had 70 regular season sacks. He got a core nucleus of players better. And this is all going to be now about... Who's his offensive coordinator? And what's his plan for Kyler Murray, who has a big contract and a big injury? So mm-hmm. those are the two things that Jonathan Gann's going to have to deal with right away. Okay, but Anthony Gargano, Dan Bickley's mm. guy. At My guy. 97.5 The Fanatic mm-hmm. in the Philadelphia. Cuz. The Cuz, that's right. He was just on with us in our last segment. Mm-hmm. And he said Philly fans were not sad to see Gann and go. All right, so a couple things. One, they threw a parade that the Cardinals hired Jonathan Gannon here. So it wasn't right. the Super Bowl parade, no. but it was the Jonathan Gannon's out-of-town parade. I know so that. he was not the most popular figure in Philadelphia. And it was more of a clash of scheme. Okay, what did you guys think about what you heard from Gardner? That didn't surprise me. I, I talked to my Gargano. Philly guys yesterday. They all told me the same thing. Now, keep in mind, this is Philly. It's a very vitriolic fan base, and it's a fan base that just lost the Super Bowl. So yes. Yeah, yeah, you Emotions have to, are high. You have to factor that into the equation here. But this has been going on two years with the guy. And, and as Cuz alluded to, and as two other people told me yesterday, it's more about the cultural fit. In Philly, they want the 46 defense. They want Buddy Ryan. They want blitzing. They want blood. They want all that stuff. And, and he was not that kind of defensive coordinator. Um, it, I've been alerted to go look at the past completion percentages of opposing quarterbacks, and, and and I've been told you will be appalled at what opposing quarterbacks have been able to do. There have been people who have said the Eagles played a very soft schedule, didn't play a lot of good Where quarterbacks, and when they did in the Super Bowl, you saw what happened. Uh, I'm very alarmed at the two red zone touchdowns. I know I've referred to it a couple of different times, because to me, an elite defensive coordinator, that doesn't happen to you. Okay, but I've also also was told that this guy's a very smart guy and he might be a better head co- coach in Arizona than he was at D.C. in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So, to me, if he checks the box of being a great leader, that that is what this team needs more than anything. So, uh, that's where yes. I'm going to start. We're all going to give him his chance and his fair shot here, mm-hmm. but, but to act like this is a home run hire, you're being disingenuous if you act like that. Yeah, because the guy, he wasn't even on the reported radar of the Cardinals when this all began. The he's heat, on camera saying he's coming back to Philly. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. The the heat on Gannon leaving Philadelphia isn't, in the aftermath of that Super Bowl loss, isn't even as bad as it could be. Imagine had James Bradbury not held Juju mm. Smith-Schuster and they lost that game. It would have been probably solely on Jonathan Gannon and the defensive performance. You know, to the people about scheme, I get it. You want blitzing. You want all those things that you had in the past. 
but how greedy can you get? They had 70 sacks. Most coordinators dial up blitzes because they can't get to the quarterback. The Eagles didn't have that problem. I've heard all the arguments about the soft schedule in terms of quarterbacks, and it's, it's irrefutable. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they did have that path, mm-hmm. certainly, but... Bottom line is they won 14 games, and again, I I think Vic is right on the money. Is it a home run hire? No. Uh, you know the press conference is is all window dressing. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Right. How, where, Just like how, the videos that are being released yesterday, yes. it's all window dressing. How do the Cardinals respond yes. to what was an unbelievable negative turnaround from right. from the previous year? Right. That is what's on. Item number one of the checklist for Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. If he's the alpha motivator that we saw in snippets yesterday, if he really is that, that is something the Cardinals definitely need. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he can backfill this other stuff. But it, but it is very, very true that he was not a popular guy in Philly. In fact, two weeks ago before the NFC Championship game when he was caught on video saying we're going to bleeping gut them. Yeah. He was in his car and somebody filmed it, yeah. unknowing to him. Everybody in Philly rallied around that because they're like, that's the guy we want. Right, and a right. defensive coordinator. Yeah. Where's, That's so, our ethos, yeah. Right. Absolutely. All right, looking at the five head coach hires that were made across the NFL in this hiring cycle, which has now closed, uh, Jonathan Gannon to the Cardinals, Shane Steichen to the Colts, D'Amico Ryans to the Texans, Frank Reich to the Panthers, and Sean Payton to the Broncos. Of those five hires, who do you think is going to have the most success with his new team, and who is going to flame out first? Ooh. I, I mean, I hate to go completely chalk here, but it's got to be Peyton, right? Mm-hmm. The I'd be surprised paid. if you said anything else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we were all shocked at how bad the Broncos were last year in terms yeah. of the personnel they had and the trajectory that they were on. I, I think they'll improve. Sean Man, Payton's I, an impact coach. He's the answer. Uh, and then after that... <laughs> first one to flame out, I think it's either... Any one of the three first-year head coaches. I think it's either Ryan's, who, I mean, there's no stability in Houston. Zero. Uh, Shane Steichen, Steichen in or, Indianapolis. Or Jonathan Gannon. Or Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, I think Vinny's right. Okay, let's get to the NFL, or excuse me, the NBA. Quickly, NBA All-Star Weekend. Sneaking up on me. It's this weekend in Salt Lake City. Uh, the NBA yesterday put out its participants for the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and the skills challenge. No Phoenix Suns made the cut. Uh, I think what stood out most to Suns fans was no Damian Lee in the three-point contest, despite having a, a top-five three-point percentage in the league pretty much all season long. Uh-huh. Right now, he's got a 4373 point percentage in 59 games played. How does it sit with you guys that after, yes, it was last season, but the Suns had the best uh, regular season record in the NBA, and this year are a good, potentially great team again. Zero representation at All-Star Weekend. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I, it I don't think it doesn't they bug you anything. at all. I mean, no, it, it, to me, it doesn't. I, there's there is nobody on the Phoenix Suns, in my opinion, who played well enough and long enough to warrant an NBA All Star berth. And and uh, I, and this is nothing to do with who did make it. I'm going by what my 
benchmarks are for an all-star worthy performer. Devin Booker clearly was worthy of it, but he's missed a ton of time. So I'm fine with it. I I just, I don't think it's anything to get worked up over. They could have had a representation, representative. Josh Okogie could have been the biggest name in the slam dunk competition. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) You want some star power? Josh Okogie, baby. Yeah, and we don't know what went, how far down they went on the invitations list. There's a lot of guys who want the All-Star Weekend to be a break for them. So I, I, I think that the NBA deals with that and handing out invitations, too. But, yeah, I don't have a huge problem with it. There's Going back to the theme of the day, there's bigger fish to fry. Ooh. Oh, I love fish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Well, vinegar, Jarrett. That's a very big thing on the eastern shore in Maryland is malt vinegar on french fries. Not not so much on on fried fish, but on french fries. Wow. I do like it, but not my first. I am getting hungry. I know. We got to stop this. Get some fish and chips. Go get some food, Ferret. You're not doing anything else. Any fish and chips (laughs) Go get some cheesesteaks. Go get some Philly cheesesteaks. Open it. In honor of Jonathan Gannon. (laughs) Yeah. Coming up next, we will get more into the hiring of Jonathan Gannon and the amount of work that needs to be done to get this thing on the right track. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Better work. You know, this is a uphill battle or uphill climb for both Kyler Murray and Jonathan Gannon. We know Kyler got his money mm-hmm. last year. Okay, Jonathan Gannon is stepping into a situation in a new general manager in Monty Austin Fort. This roster is not nearly as good as it was two years ago when they went to the playoffs against the Rams. He's got to get healthy. I think the biggest challenge for Jonathan Gannon is getting Kyler Murray to believe you as the head coach can also can allow me to be kind of myself, but demand that I get better to be the quarterback of this football team. It ain't little games anymore. It's time to grow up in this league. That's real. It's time to grow up and Jonathan Gannon's got to be the leader that pulls that out of Kyler Murray. Stan Orlovsky from ESPN mm-hmm. outlining Amen one of the many challenges Jonathan Gannon inherits. Taking over as the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. A deal was struck yesterday. Press conference to announce Gannon uh, officially, as the head coach will be tomorrow uh, over at the Cardinals training facility in Tempe. Yeah, we can all agree. You mm-hmm. can you can follow this team on a daily basis, or you can be a very casual consumer of Arizona Cardinals football, and we're all in agreement yeah. that that is task number one. Kyler Murray getting healthy first and foremost, but also whatever the coaching staff looks like, headed up by Jonathan Gannon, they need to, I keep going back to this word, unlock all the potential that is there. Mm-hmm. And it's still there, and I know there's a lot of people that are soured on Kyler Murray after what we saw in 2022 in terms of production, performance, uh, leadership, body language, all those things. That's it. But it's not the only thing. There is a sweeping culture change that needs to happen, and that yeah. can and that can happen with a new GM right. and a new coach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. So listen, so so I, I know more about Jonathan Gannon than I probably should after talking to a ton of people yesterday. This this is a kid who in high school was one of those athletes that we all grew up hating because he's he was good at everything. Yeah. Good at he won state titles in track, basketball, football, anything he tried to do athletically, he was superior at. Uh, he went off to play at 
at Louisville, suffered an injury, got into coaching, followed Bobby Petrino to the NFL, got to the NFL and said, I'm never going back to college coaching. So then he redirected himself, became a scout to get into the league, worked mm-hmm. for the Rams, and then began his ascent that way. Um, it, it, it's it, To me, I, I think there are a couple things about this guy that, that I think bear watching going forward. It's exactly what you just said, Vinny. There are two little video clips about Jonathan Gannon that have surfaced recently. Number one was him in a black SUV uh, driving through Philly. On his way to the NFC Championship game, he rolls down his window and he makes a prediction to a guy filming him. And he said, we're going to bleeping gut the 49ers. And after that's exactly what happened. And again, let's let's contextualize that by saying 49ers lost their quarterback on the second play of the game. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it was easy to gut a team that was trying to get Christian McCaffrey to throw passes. Yeah. okay, that injury gutted the 49ers more than the Eagles. But but that day, if you if you look at the reaction Philly had to that up until that point, like I said, Jonathan Gannon was. Was, was one of the was one of the people was one of the targets of wrath for Eagles fans yes. for a lot of reasons for the for the lack of blitzing to the to this he had this weird habit of wearing a hoodie backwards you know like so the hood part is in the front and so Eagle fans made fun of that he was just not well liked at all in Philadelphia I didn't know about the hoodie thing oh yeah um, and again like I said I know too much about this guy I did, a, did too much so so again so there's that. There, there's the fact that that Eric Bieniemy handed this guy his lunch in the second half of the Super Bowl, and yet Eric Bieniemy, there's a school of logic that he has to leave a dynasty to prove his worth to get a job. But it was it Eric Bieniemy handing his lunch? I mean, how many of those no, plays did I, he call? Again, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and defend Eric Bieniemy. But if you're talking about giving guys opportunities, it's why would you hold that against Eric Bieniemy and not anybody else? But I, I tend to agree with you. Okay, uh, so I, I'm not trying to 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 to, to move the argument and and the goalpost, Eric yes. Bieniemy here. In the case, so there's just a lot of questions. Uh, why Jonathan Gannon? Well, again, you got to back up and you've got to say you got to acknowledge two things here. Who were the can? What was the candidate pool left? Well, who did we have left? We had Jonathan Gannon and what a rumor! Oh, <laughs> ah. right. So we, you're right, and so when you go, you, okay. So so maybe if you were looking for the if you wanted experience and some age and some gravitas, that was the Luana Rumo camp. Yes. It's why Wolf preferred him. It's why I preferred him. It, this is more very much like the Cliff Kingsbury hire. This is a young guy who's never done it before. And there's a video that came out yesterday where where uh, Jonathan Gannon's leaving the facility with Michael Bidwell, and he's just about out the door, said goodbye to everybody. And Mike goes, hey, Kyler's in the weight room. Oh, okay. So he turns around in very high energy, runs down the hallway, and and daps up Kyler, gives him a hug and all that kind of stuff. And again, it's it's a nice moment that shows Jonathan Gannon to be an alpha motivator, which is what the team needs, but it's also a lot of that coach bro stuff that that I think we need to get out of here. We need somebody in here who is going to be able to really really change Kyler Murray. Yeah, but in fairness, uh, the first time you meet Kyler Murray, are you going to start spouting? Of course not. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, and, and I'm not trying to be here. I'm just I'm just dealing with the optics of okay. it. Okay. So all. much of it is cosmetic at the beginning. It was cosmetic at the beginning. The video was cosmetic. The video They did the, the same exact thing with Cliff King. Same thing. Yeah. Exactly. So no, I'm not holding it against him at all. I'm just saying how it hit me was, ooh, that's exactly what I didn't want. I don't want another young guy loving up on Ky- give me a 
figure of authority that this guy, that Kyler is going to respect. Now, this is not to say that Jonathan Gannon can't be that guy. He can be that guy. And I hope he is that guy. But let's just be real about what this is. And we are. But again, there's just there are a lot of people. There's a lot of Cardinal fans out there who just who, who want to feel good about this football team. That's yeah. what these that's what these hires are supposed to be about. Look, I think if you go back to 2019, Bick, a lot of the Cardinals fan base was so scarred from the 2018 season with Steve Wilkes as the head coach. And was Steve Wilkes put in a position to succeed, to use one of his favorite phrases? No, he wasn't. Nobody was going to succeed with that team. Mm-hmm. He, w- he was hung out to dry and he got fired. And I don't have, again, all these years later, I don't have a problem with that firing. But they were so scarred from that experience that going completely outside the box and hiring a college offensive coordinator who had just been fired by his alma mater seemed like an okay idea. Try something different. Mm. Throw something at the wall. See if it sticks. Mm-hmm. It stuck for a while, and then it fell off pretty quickly in, 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 in 2022 for Cliff Kingsbury. That's what is weird about this pattern is it's not the the absolute reversal of that. We saw Bruce Arians left. Right. It got loose at the end with B.A. They go to the disciplinarian. Steve Wilkes doesn't work there. They go the other way for the players coach and Cliff Kingsbury. And Jonathan Gannon, I think, still has a lot to do to establish his reputation as a head coach. He's never done it before, but you would would have expected after back-to-back unsuccessful inexperienced head coaching hires that they would have gone down a different route. Right. And they didn't, and no. maybe they had, it, it uh, appears they had interest in doing that early in the process. The Dan Quinn thing was out there. He didn't want this job. That's what it boils down mm-hmm. to. Yes. Whether Brian Flores, Flores, whether the Cardinals wanted him or not, he decided, I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm not going to be in contention. Yeah, listen, they were out of options. So maybe maybe at the point when they reopened this and they, you know, kind of hit pause over the weekend and got back and then they got Jonathan Gannon in front of him. He might have been exactly the kind of personality that made them go, "Okay, that's that's the kind of guy we want here. That's the kind of vibe. And I respect that because in all fairness, the moves Michael Bidwell has made up until this point have all been positive. They've all been very, they've all been very um, honest in terms of d- admitting what we've done wrong here. Swallowing Cliff Kingsbury's contract was not just swallowing money; it was admitting an egregious error. Yes, and he did that. He hired a GM from the outside. He did that. So that tells me he's serious about a culture change. So something about Jonathan Gannon had to go boom to Michael Bidwell. That's the guy I need. And so hopefully it's going to work. But I would also say that if you were creating a checklist, there are a lot of things that that you would have preferred. Yes. Particularly like this offensive coordinator situation. Drew Petzing is a 35-year-old quarterback coach from Cleveland. He's strongly rumored, even reported by Mary Kay Cabot in Cleveland as being Jonathan Gannon's guy. Now, Shane Steichen might want him as well. That's so, true. Right. Yeah. So, but, but again, so we're going to get a 35-year-old offensive coordinator who's never done that job and has never called plays before. Okay, this is a lot of that same stuff, Vinny. Yeah, it, it really is. I do believe more on this subject is coming up next. Fire! In terms of the Bickley Blast, and Bick will deliver it straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on this Wednesday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.